All right, yeah. So um, it's a stereotype of a, it's like almost like a culture. It's like if you're used to people chasing, for example, in California, then all girls are going to follow the culture and the pattern of girls chasing. And if all the guys sort of drool over the girl as they walk past and stare at her ass, all the guys are going to do it because all those guys have got to school together. They've all got brothers, and all those brothers are mixed with the older brother, and that's the generation below. And all the generations are connected, so guys are always going to do that, and girls are going to do that. And if attention is more important to somebody then um, actually having a relationship, then it's always going to be that that chase game and nothing ever materialises. Um, so your question was, why do girls, what was it, why do girls do that? Why do they chase? Like, they, they say they want a nice guy and they want a good guy and they want a gentleman, but they seem to be done with that pretty soon, pretty quick, and they end up with, they either end up with or trying to obtain the bad guy. The, the exact thing that they say they don't want out of a man is actually what they put up with and deal with. So Why is that? It, that that's actually a two-sided question. For example, that there's people who will want something good but purposely go and get something bad because it's a form of punishment. It's a form of self-worth. I don't value myself. I'm not worthy of this good person. I'm not worthy of this man. Because they just don't value themselves, whether it was parents never said they were good enough or whether they just hate themselves as people. People go for bad people because those bad people often treat them like shit. And it's a it's a confirmation, an affirmation that they are not worthy of anything good if they have little self-esteem, for example. And there's some men who will see that vulnerability and exploit it where he can then go and do what he wants, see other people. But he's got this person waiting for her. So it's a form of affirmation of how you're feeling and how you aren't worthy of anything good but the alternate the other side to that is just the idea of having a man seems great but when you get it you don't want it when it comes down to um like when you're too hot you want it to be cold again and then when you're too cold you want it to be hot when you have an all-you-can-eat buffet you eat so much and then you're full up and you're like wow i couldn't eat anything again and then a few days later, you're starving and you can eat so much again. It seems to be this balance of life that nothing stays the same. Like energy, it's always flowing. Life is always growing. Something's always changing. Nothing stays the same. So it's like if you said that you want this relationship and then when you get it, that's it because you wanted it. Well, that's like saying that life stays the same. What you want stays the same. You wanted that to stay the same. But life is saying, no, the universe keeps spinning. Life keeps growing. Things die. Things are born. When you want something, the na nature is saying it's now time for the next thing. It's like when animals mate, they have kids or they, they have a litter. And then the, the other lion's off again, trying to make new, new offspring. And yeah. then the, the bird has her chicks. And then the birds get knocked up next season. And it's that cycle of nothing stays the same. So having this perfect man, when you get him, it's not, not like we're supposed to be grateful. Now they want something else. Now they don't want the nice man because they got the nice man. Now they want the bad man. So now they've got the bad man. Now they can have a nice man. They want a guy with a big ass. Now they want a guy with big tits. They want a girl who does this, a girl who does that. There's always so many variables. But the whole point is that variables don't stay the same. If Never. we're taught you need a house and a mortgage and a bank, and a dog and a car and a kids, a daughter and a son and a girl, that is it. Yes, as a society, what do people do? What the types of lifestyles people have, you're going to want that. But in reality, nature, nothing stays the same, even though the four walls in the house stay the same. That's why they never are happy when they get, for example, the nice person.
it's the same for a guy. A guy wants a girl with big tits. Now he wants a guy, girl with big ass. The girl wants a man who's nice. The girl wants the man who chases him. The guy's giving him flowers, and now she feels like, oh, this man's around my thing finger. I can do what I want. And now we're seeing other girls. Now you chase. It's just, it's just life. And when people understand that, you realize that you just, you have to understand the laws of life. It's the law of how everything works. Right. I mean, my parents tried for three years for me. As soon as they got accepted for IVF, they had me. I told my mum, you wanted me so bad that you were so tense and so desperate that when you let go of the prospect of having me naturally, now you had an alternative option. You relaxed. Doctors are going to give me a baby. Now you're relaxed. You let go. Now they give birth naturally. And they say to the doctor, literally two days or so before they were going to go, we're pregnant. It's the same thing in life. And yet people struggle for years to get pregnant. People struggle for years for this relationship. They struggle years for this lifestyle. They never get it. And that's because when you focus on it, you essentially take your power away because you already have the power. It's like looking for God. God's within. You have the powers of God. You already have it. Everything within inside it. We said that earlier in the podcast. Everything. Sometimes, right? The whole... um concept you said about having babies I've, i have some friends that i grew up with and people i know through other people that they've went through the same shit man they're trying to get pregnant trying to get pregnant and they're so intense and they've made a science out of it and they're going to doctors i know a chick that's paid you know i won't say her name because she's close to me but i know a, i have a friend that I don't know the exact amount, but I know it's well over thirty thousand dollars. It's that, fucking crazy. They just have to let go and relax, and it will to happen. have a baby. And it fine. And when they finally gave up, I think it was towards the end, she got pregnant. But I used to tell my friends, some of my other friends that were going through this, I said, "You got to take it to the old school, baby. You got to go back to like in high school and when you were young. You know, when kids would ditch school." And 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 wait, call and say, did your mom leave yet? And they sneak or they go and then they go get school and go go to to the parents' house and have sex in there and drink 40s and, and, and smoke and get high or do whatever they do. Or they fucking cars up in mountains or dark alleys and spots or whatever. What would happen to teenage teenagers? They end up getting pregnant. They're not trying to get pregnant, but they're just having fun being authentic and doing the nature of life and it just happens now that's not what they want at that young age but i said now that you're adults you're getting all scientifical and you're reading books and you're saying oh i'm ovulating it's this time and this is i said no fuck that just fuck just just drink some booze get lit party have fun maybe both of you guys call off sick at work like you're ditching school as kids and meet up at the house, or go get a hotel, or go fuck in the car or the van or whatever, and you'll get pregnant. But you gotta have fun with it and be free, like when you're in your youth, when you were a kid, and you're not putting so much thought and pressure on yourselves with it. You guys have turned it into a science and made it this big thing, like you're trying to catch an allegory on the, of, uh, on the internet or something, and that's not how it goes, bro. It's just, just fuck. Just yeah, fucking have fun. The, the people, I mean? people are trying to get pregnant to have their little family. So they've got their job. They've got their dog. They've got their man. They've got their mortgage. Now they need a baby. Then they need to get their garden done and their bathroom. And they realize, fuck me, it never ends because I've got to get the carpet done and paint the walls again. And before you know it, the kid's fucking 20 and they've moved out. So, yeah, the, people try and get pregnant. Just fuck. When you fuck, nature says you're going to get pregnant. 
just fuck. Stop Why? trying to get pregnant. Stop trying to have kids so your cousin is the same age as your sister's child so you can take them to crush together and your friends at school are the same age kids so you can go down the pub in the park and play at the same age. It's all fucking like, I want my kids to be this age because I'm like, like Kardashians, for example. Khloe Kardashian had a bloody kid. But just because all of our other siblings had children and they'd have, they would be at the same age bracket. Like, right. And obviously she's not with the guy anymore, but I mean, it's like, well, hasn't got a father in the life uh, in the way that we would ideally want it. But at least my kid's the same age as Kim's child. You know what I mean? Right. Everything's so scripted and man-made. Do you know how many Kim tried? I mean, Kim was like, like, you want family so bad. Kim went through all this, like, doctor shit and surgery and trying to get pregnant man-made. I right. mean, she did it. But again, you want it so bad, it doesn't work. It's, it's fucking crazy it's, it's everything in life is the opposite i say you know when you're looking up at the sun you see that bit of moisture on your eye there's a little thing on your eyelid that you can see as soon as you look at it it starts to move down that way and as soon as you don't look at it it sort of stays there do you know what i'm on about that little yes. like moisture in your eye what does that say it says if i just focused on what i was doing i can see through the third eye or just it's almost like you're you're looking straight at your friend, but you can see your dog creeping up on you. Yeah, you can't see it directly, but you know that dog's creeping up on you. Or you can tell that someone's coming there. Yeah, when you're looking up, closing your eyes at the sun, that moisture's there. It's just there. That is it. That is the outcome. There's no other option. You try and focus on it. It starts to go there. You focus on it that way. It starts to go there. The point is that when you focus on it. You change it and you already had it. You already had enough. You already had love. You already had God within you. You already had enough. You are content with what you have and you don't seek anything else. And sometimes, True. sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm chasing again. I want more money. I want, and I suddenly have to realize you have enough. And the feeling of being aware that you already have enough is the, that is it. Life is sussed when you become aware that what you are chasing is being content with nothing. And then once you get to that point, you can choose to go to McDonald's, choose to go play football, choose to fuck. But you know if you don't get that or it's closed or she doesn't want to fuck you, you have enough. And it's just that mindset of I'm aware that I don't need anything other than what I have right now, which is the awareness of not needing anything. It's so simple, but when you master it, it's powerful because then you don't start trying to think about where my friend's at tonight or I need to go down the pub. Again, when you want it so bad, it doesn't work out. No. Yeah, think about uh, when you said the pub, my friends, where my friends at, I want to go down to the pub. I think about this as a uh, adult or even as a young adolescent, you know, teenage years. Think about your best times. Some of your best times, and your best memories probably were unscripted and they weren't planned. Sometimes when you have a when you have a big plan or a big idea of how you want things to happen and and things to go down. Those are the most suckiest nights that those nights don't even they're not even that fun. But the things that come out of nowhere organically naturally we went here the car broke down we had to push it over here to get gas and we did all these stories i had when i was a child all the best times came like unexpected it wasn't the planned times because when you gear up for things and you and you're already kind of having a pre preconceived notion in your mind how this is going to go or this is going to be it usually never meets the expectation you know what i mean it, it never does it never does you just have to organically be you and let things be like people are we're so afraid of 
just being. You said something earlier about things, they just, they're just, it just is what it is. It's, I, I read this book, uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Power of Now, and I think uh, Awakening to Your Life's Purposes. And uh, he talks about there is no past, there is no future, the only time you'll ever have is now. And people don't get that concept. And they say, what do you mean there's no past, there's no future, this and that? He's basically saying that we're so pulled thinking about the future and what I'm going to do tomorrow. And then the other half of us is thinking about the shit that went down yesterday that you're actually robbing your now. And you can never be your best you in the now. Because the power of now is, is important and it's the only time you'll ever get is right now. And time actually does a lot. This is even a deeper, deeper subject, maybe a whole another podcast show. But th there is no there is no such thing as time. Time is actually a man made thing. You know what I mean? The only time you will ever have is now this moment right here. So what we need to do as people is focus and concentrate more on our now moments and living in this moment. It's like a car. You got two side rear, uh, two rear mir uh, mirrors, side mirrors to look in, and you have a rear view mirror to look in. And then you have this big window in front of you that you're supposed to be looking forward while you're driving. It's a reason why the rear view mirror is this small. It's a reason why these two side windows mirrors are this small. You're supposed to check them, but you're not supposed to drive looking in them. If I drive this vehicle looking in my rear view mirror, and not looking ahead, what's gonna? I won't get too far. If I'm looking at, if I'm looking at these side mirrors too long, I won't get too far without wrecking. But it's a reason why this big. It's not a mirror, but it's a window. It's a reason why it's four times as big as the the rear view mirror and the side mirrors. Because you're supposed to be looking forward and concentrating on your now right here. And as human beings, we don't do that, man. We're constantly looking in the past, and we're constantly looking in the front. In, 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 in the future and we're torn and now we're robbing our now and we ain't shit in our now we can never be our best selves in the now because we're, we're, we're pulling we're pulled all the time I, it's an old rule if it happened 10 minutes ago it's history and there's nothing you can do about it it's, it's over it's, 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 it's written, it's done I don't live thinking about the past I may take lessons and learn from the past to apply going forward, but I don't live in the past, man. I, I, I there's lots of things until my friends tell me something funny or they like, remember we did that and this and I go oh, for a second I oh yeah and then they start telling the story and then I start remembering. But I'm really a futuristic, present, more of a present going forward type of guy. I don't like to think too much about the past and what happened there because it's nothing it can it can't do shit for me. You know what I mean? Nothing. And a lot of people are mentally slaved and their minds are in fucking chains because of the past. And they're holding on to their past. You know, it, 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 this is uh, something else that's very interesting to me, oh, is a lot of people are fucking 40, 50 years old and they're still talking about something that happened in their childhood when they were four and five and six years old. And a lot of times, I'm sorry for the people who see this. You can call me an asshole, whatever you want. That's fine. I can take it. I'm going to say, you are a 40, 50-year-old fucking grown man or woman still talking about something that happened and you were six? That was fucking 40-something years ago. 
and you're still talking about how that is 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 handicapping you in life right now, and you're still fucked up over that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Okay, if you were raped, if you were molested, you were touched. I'm not saying this couldn't be some remnants of some things that you know. There's 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 triggers, and there's certain things you could see, and you be might be a little bit more cautious with your kids because of maybe you didn't have parents that were protecting you at that age, so you may be a little bit different. But I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are seriously hung up over their past and what happened to them in their childhood. And I don't understand that because there's some shit I saw when I was a child within my parents, within my family, within my friends, within my block and my street corners that if I wanted to let that still bother me at my age right now, I can let it fuck me up, but I don't. I learn from it and I move forward, but I don't. Hold on to shit that happened to me at six and seven years old. And I'm fucking 40 now. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, this, that's weird to me. A lot of adults are still hung up and fucked up over their past and their childhood. And I'm like, are you going to ever get over this shit? I mean, you probably got more days behind you than you got ahead living. And you still fucking talking about, you ain't time's ticking. You don't got time to be tripping about uncle larry who touched you when you were six years old or that you saw your dad slap your mom when you were seven or that you guys were homeless for three weeks when you were eight or nine like man you 40 oh my god you 47 now you're 47 now and you're still talking about that like do you get you got anything going on over there on your side of the pond with that you hear people Still tripping and having oh, issues. Yeah, with that? yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just people don't have anything exciting now. So they go back to the past of school situations and back in the day with their family because it makes them feel good to go over when they went to the school and did that with their friends. I know many, many, many people that every time they meet up, they speak about old pastimes. People my age, 25 years old, like well, I'm so fucking young. There's so much amazing stuff we could be doing right now, which in the future we can look back and be like, "Wow, remember we did this." But instead, we're not creating new memories. We're speaking about remember that time at school where we did this, or remember this person called remember Danny Boyle. I'm like, who the fuck is Danny Boyle? I don't give a shit about him. <laughs> like well, people go back into the past and they reminisce of old times because they make themselves feel good, and that's why people feel like they're dying or life's coming to an end because right. the more they go into the past, the further away it feels, the shittier their life seems now. And it's like, well, that's it. My life ended at 20 years old when I left school. Hasn't been any, hasn't been the same since. Those are my best days ahead. Now they're sort of just existing and going to work and eventually they'll just die. Like food's the only thing they have in their life. And that is what people do. They don't create good stuff now to make them feel good that they go back to past times that made them feel good and they never create new memories going into the future and that is very 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 dangerous um so many people spend so much time in their head that they actually don't spend like an hour present think about how much time people spend in your head in a day past future whatever and how much time you spend just being aware at present it's like 23 hours out of someone's day it's spent thinking just in their head. I used to be the same person. I used to be in my head in the past, thinking about stuff that happened in the past from like, you know, six to what was 20, 18, 12, 14, whatever. And then I'll be going into the future. Things I wanted to do, things I wanted to see, that 
places I wanted to go, holidays, cars, boats, but I was still present and I wasn't doing anything to create that future. I was still going back in the past and I was speaking about past situations like it was real, like it was present, like I was speaking to people about, you know, bullying back in the day, like it happened fucking yesterday. Right. It happened like 10 years ago. And the reason why we continuously bring up stuff like, you know, bringing up stuff when they were six or the abuse or whatever is because you don't deal with it. We don't address it. It's okay to bring up stuff like in the past, but if you're going to deal with it, address it and put it to bed, don't fucking keep bringing it up. That's brick. That's you're not going anywhere. Like if, for example, somebody was abused, you can't just keep talking about it. You have to address it. I talk about it, address it, get the help, get therapy, heal yourself, put it to bed, free yourself, bring yourself from the past to the present. But if you keep speaking about stuff, it's always going to be your present, your reality. And all those emotions and feelings back then are going to become real. And for example, if you were fucking behind a bike shed when you were 10, that was a great day in your life. Now, every time you go past the bike shed, you're going to get a flashback to when you were 10. And now it's not just whether that was a good or bad experience, all those patterns, all those people, all that food, all those types of clothes, shops, TV programs, they're now triggering off in your head. Now you're focusing on those types of programs, TV, people, foods and stuff. And so they're triggers. Now you're focusing on stuff that was years ago and it becomes your present because you're still thinking about that stuff. Like what, yeah, you, think you, what you think you become. It's and robbing, it's robbing it, people of their present. You're bringing, you're, you're removing your, you're literally destroying your present based on past. And for example, if you got your friend a Ferrari, he'd be like, oh my God, man, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. If you told him, look, I'm going to get you a Ferrari. And in his head, he starts to imagine silver alloys, leather seats that are cream. He had the, 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 the seatbelt here, the radio here, the heater here. If you gave him time to visualize that Ferrari and then you actually gave him the Ferrari and the seats weren't cream, they were black. The alloys weren't silver, they were brown. And the chair was this high. He'd be like, oh, thanks, man. He'll be disappointed because it wasn't what he visualized. He's not right. thinking about the fact you bought him a fucking Ferrari. Right. He's now thinking, oh, thanks, man. Oh, I wish the fucking alloys were silver or I wish the, the chair was cream or I wish the, the mirror was here. And now we sort of like, it's the thing about having what you wanted and when you get it, you don't want it. He's not grateful for the fact you got him a Ferrari. Now, it wasn't how he visioned it. He wants something else. Right. So again, we are always chasing something new and something different. And like the moisture in your eye, when you just accept that all we have is now, like our conversation right now, I am present. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing afterwards. I'm not thinking about dinner. I'm not thinking about the past podcast. I'm not thinking about the weekend. I'm speaking to you like I'm on a walk just looking at the sun. I am present with you. And that is right. all that matters. That's all that I have this right. moment. Yeah. Like if you're down a pub, you're speaking, like when you see family members, you're with your family, you're enjoying that time. This could be the last time you see them. You then not really see them again. You're present. You're not on the phone with your family or people should be on their phone with their family. They should be chatting. But this is right. no different. I am present with you. And people are on their phones all the time and they're not present. I mean, fucking hell. Think about being in your head, just being on your phone all the time. You just, you oh, know what I mean? Oh, they're not present at all. I have went to uh, Laker games, Clipper games, uh, any kind of event possible that you can think of from bar hanging out at bars, uh, barbecues, family events, family gatherings. And you know what people are doing all the time, man? They're oh, on their phones and they're taking selfies. 
And then after they take the selfies, guess what? Guess what they're doing next? They're spending 10, especially the females, 10 or 15 minutes later, they're still editing the picture to make sure it has oh, all the so much has all wasted. the fucking filters on it and shit. So the picture looks a certain way. Then they post it. You just robbed yourself of genuine great time at that event and then and it with on a fucking picture. It's like take okay, it's cool. That's the that's the society we live in right now. You could take pictures. But how about taking the pictures, putting the phone away, and now enjoying every everyone and everything? And then when the event is over with, then messing with the filters and then posting. No, everyone's posting in real time. And and then after, think about this. Think of the steps you gotta do in the time. You take the pictures, the selfies. Then you take the time to do the filters and the edit. Oh, no, that's not the right one. Or maybe that wasn't the right picture, so you got to take six or seven. The girls say, I don't like that one. Take another one. Well, my hair, I didn't like it. So, they're, they're so now you probably took 10 to 15 pictures to get the right one. And then after you get the right one, they're putting the filters on it and all the little doodads and all the sprinkles and all the shit. Then they got to put it on the Instagram and do the caption and the hashtags and the all that shit to make it look right. And then post. And then after they post it, they're not done. They're going back to their page to see who's liking it and who's commenting on it and seeing who if they can comment and respond back and everything. Look, this is all happening in real time at a Laker game or at a family function or at a bar. So you're not actually really even enjoying the, 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 the now time and the moment you're having at this event Cause you're fucking around with this picture. This then once you post it, it's not even fucking real anyway. Cause you done dolled it up so much that it's a fucking contraption now. It's not even. It's a Hollywood fucking thing. Like you know what I mean? With all these filters and things they got on the phone, everybody looks fake. Nobody puts natural pictures on there. Raw, real pictures. They got to do it up. You know what I mean? So, man, the power now is so important, man. And we. We just don't live in it. And the, I don't know what these devices and these cell phones and all this shit. It's got people fucked up big time, man. And we're robbing ourselves of precious moments behind they, that. They are physically there, but they're mentally elsewhere. So they might as well not even be there. And like <clears throat> this hour conversation, we have both learned so much from one hour of speaking without any interactions, without any distractions. Just one hour worth of speaking. You think about when someone's like at the bar or the pub or the Lakers game, whatever. They could be speaking to so many amazing different people from all walks of life, learning so much knowledge. Let's just say that your cat has a certain disease. You could speak to somebody about your cat and then they tell you this magical cure. Or you're looking for a car dealership and they say, oh, I've got a car dealership near me. Let me take your number. They are literally... Wasting so much time. Let's, let's say it took about an hour. They spend an hour on their phone before the game, time doing up the picture, taking the photo, looking at Instagram, an hour wasted when they could be speaking like you and me are now for an hour with somebody there, enjoying a conversation, learning, getting excited, connecting to a human, sharing information, sharing knowledge. And how good do you feel after you've had a conversation like this? When I have a conversation with someone on like a podcast, I feel fantastic. I feel fulfilled. I feel like, oh man. And I feel great because I've 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 released my thoughts, my energy. I feel great, and now we're leaving our thoughts in our head. We're on our phone, and there's no release. No. And 
just think if people just spoke to somebody for even half an hour who didn't even know how great they would feel. People don't speak for fucking two minutes. Two no. minutes. People don't speak for two minutes. And if they do, they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And they're looking at the phone whilst they're looking at you. I might as well not even bother speaking to you. No one speaks right. for fucking two minutes without looking at the birds or the fucking car or whatever. No one's no, there anymore. Don't. Guys There's just no... like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No one's there. I'm like, bruv, you don't want to be here. The, the human connection is gone, man. This, these, these, these devices have destroyed us. Like you said, you could see someone in a, in a uh, even at church, I've seen it. Outside of the church and stuff like that. Like you said, you'll see someone and next thing you know, you're talking to them, chitting, chatting for a minute, and then they're grabbing for their phone because their phone's going off and they're texting and or this and that. Uh, I had a, I went to a Los Angeles Rams game one time and I sat next to a couple of guys and we had the most fantastic conversation ever in my life. And I never yes. met these guys before in my life. We're watching a game, but we're just talking about life. Yes. And then the guy ends up asking me what I do for a living. I told him, he, and towards the end, I asked him what he does. He tells me he's um, an attorney. He practices in divorce um, law and this and that. He gives me his business card. I was able to pass that card on to somebody who was going through a situation like that, and he was able to help them. And it was just beautiful. And it was like you said. You just said it. You get to meet people. You don't know who they know, what they know. We're all connected. You know, there's only one race, and that's the human race, and God made us all. And we're all brothers and sisters, and we are connected. But we can't, but, but, but the disconnect comes in with all these devices, and so uh, it's just so many distractions that our con our connection has been totally breached and cut off from one another. And we, you know, we we say hello to someone. You know, I was at a store one time, and and, and someone asked a clerk. Uh, no, the clerk asked the person in front of me, "How are you doing today?" And the person said, "You know." Today, I'm not really doing so well because this, this, that, and blah, blah, this, and that. And I looked at the clerk, and the clerk, on her face, she was disgusted. And she was so disinterested. She might as well have told the person that she asked, how are you doing today? Hey, fuck you. I really don't give a fuck how you're doing today. Just pay for these groceries and get the fuck out of here. Because that was her re response. But I'm sitting here looking at her like, Hey, you asked her, how are you doing today? So you got to think about that. When you ask someone, hey, how are you doing? You should be prepared for someone to tell you really how they're doing. Because what a lot of people do is say, hey, how are you doing? They go, oh, I'm doing okay. Or I'm doing great. And they move on. But they're not really answering the question. So be it sounds silly, but be careful. When you ask somebody how you're doing, you should really care about how they're doing. Because you, you ask that. And they should be allowed to tell you how they're doing without you being frustrated or being uh, no patience and not wanting to hear how they're doing. But think about that. Something as small as that is most of the time people don't ask people how you're doing. You know, I've been trying to practice that a lot lately, especially with all this madness going on in the world. And you know, I go to a store and I go somewhere and I see someone working. I was at a, a store yesterday and I purposely asked this teenage kid. I said, hey, man, how are you doing today? And he goes, oh, I'm doing fine. And he was kind of short with me. And I go, but no, really, how are you doing? Has it been busy today? You guys have been slow? You closer to getting off? Or you closer to, you got more time working? Or where you at? He said, oh, I got a little few more hours. And, and he started to open up and start talking to me because he could see that I really cared about how he was doing. We don't do that as human beings. We don't really ask people how they're doing and really 
actually be concerned and actually have a concern about the how they're doing. We don't give a fuck how people are doing. What I find in incredible is i do podcasts of people all over the world it seems to be the same no matter where you go brazil germany canada australia it seems to be a human race thing like everyone is struggling for a connection like i would i love the fact that you can listen to somebody like that lady at the till if that was me i would listen to her knowing that just by listening to her when no one else is bothering to, but I would change her life. The fact that for that moment in time, she feels that someone is listening to her. She feels she's being heard. That is a gift. Listening is a gift because no it one is. listens anymore. And the fact that that lady can waffle on for five minutes and just feel so good that someone gives a shit for five minutes, that will change her life. That has the difference, but that will actually change her life because you listen when no one else would. And right. just by responding and saying, well, tell me why that happened. You don't have to get absorbed in it and start right. letting that affect you. Just respond and give her a chance to explain herself, like, what happened? Why did they do that? Give advice. Like, maybe you should do this. That will change that person. Not only do I feel good, the fact that I've made that human being feel great, she feels fantastic, the fact that she now feels great. And then next time, she brings me in a box of chocolates, for example. I wouldn't right. have got those box of chocolates if I just, like, ignored her. Like... As you said, people just say, how are you? It's just like, hi, how are you? Fine, move on. It's part of like a customer service code. You just right. say it. But no one actually gives a shit. No one means it. But the power in listening to someone who doesn't feel good will actually benefit you, not that person. They'll benefit as well. But the fact that you've asked them will make you feel good. Yes, You yes, will feel yes. good if you've listened to somebody. In what I learned too, especially out here in Los Angeles, California, is people only listen to have a response. They don't really just listen to listen. They listen only to have a response. And sometimes I'm left saying, hey, did you hear what the fuck I really said? <laughs> because before I can get the words rolled off my tongue, they're already responding as if they know what I was going to say. So you're not listening to really hear me. You're listening only to have a response for yourself. And that's really not listening. You know what if I mean? If you're speaking to somebody and you can sort of see them looking away or going, yeah, 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 yeah. It means that they switched off and either they don't want to listen or they can't wait for you to finish so they can say what they wanted to say. So at that right. point, when you sort of see their eyes going left to right and they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. They start looking up at your head because they're like, they see, oh, he's got a bit of hair coming. Oh, his eyebrows a bit. Oh, there's something on his nose. And they start looking around. Oh, his beard's a bit. They're not, they're not focusing. They have no. now switched off and they're waiting for you to finish. And to them, you're going, yeah, they're waiting to say what they wanted to say. They want, they are reacting, not responding. Responding is you listen, you absorb, and then you respond to what they say. Reacting is just something triggers off in your head and you can't wait to get that out. And there's no right. point in you speaking at that point because they're not listening anyway. Yeah. I've been in situations like that. And what I do is I usually check out myself and I just let them talk and I will become very quiet. And I will let them talk and let them just have it. I'll say, this, I'll say, this guy just wants to talk, so let me let him talk. And I'll just give him, extend him the courtesy that he should extend me. But I hope, hopefully that will transfer to him one day. I just go ahead and give it to him and say, go ahead and talk. You know, I don't say a thing. I just let him go. And also, this is interesting. I've just suddenly become aware of this. You know, people have so much trouble sleeping. 
Think okay. about how tired we become after a podcast. Think about how tired we are when we've done a podcast. We are fucking knackered, which means we're going to sleep well. If people aren't speaking anymore because they're all on our computers, all on our phones, we're right. not speaking to anyone, watching TV, no one's tired. So by the time we go to bed, you're not fucking tired. Talking for an hour drains the fuck out of me. I slept for 10 hours last night. 10 hours. All wow. the way through. And that's only two podcasts in a day. That's two hours worth of speaking. Imagine if people spoke. They'd be tired. They would want to sleep. And, and they would be on their phones all night. And they'd actually get fucking sleep. They would get good sleep. And they're not even knowing that fucking around with those devices and stuff. Actually, disturb, it disturbs your sleep. It messes your sleep up a lot. You're not supposed to be on that shit right before you go to bed. And some people lay the shit on their chest or on the, right next to their head. And they're wondering why they got headaches or can't sleep and this and that. Or the alerts are going off uh, and they hear the vibration. Whatever. It's just like, man, I can't believe this human race. We're just turned into robots, bro. We're turning what, into straight what's robots. What's crazy is people, they won't put their phone on silent whilst they're sleeping so they can respond during the night in case somebody messages them. So they go to bed, ping Instagram, they get up looking at their phone they go back to sleep they're sleeping for like fucking 15 minutes every 15 minutes because they're responding like they're, they're, you know what i mean they're supposed to be sleeping but they're right. they leave their phone on so they get an email they get an ebay thing coming through they got instagram i was that person i was on 24 7 so i was just wanted to facebook messages during the night until i realized this is fucking crazy it's insane i don't even you know i gotta practice it when i wake up in the morning uh because i see people do this too as soon as they get up, the first thing they do is grab their phone. I don't do that. I read. I read the Bible. I read a couple of other books that I'm reading. I will go at least an hour minimum to two without touching my phone. And you and I, I've learned how productive you can be by not getting on your phone first. As soon as you get on your phone, you got to understand something. You wake up. You get on your, and you, first thing you do is grab your phone. You start checking your emails, start checking your Facebook messages and alerts, IG, whatever else. All that stuff, you know what it's doing to you? It's programming you and how your day is going to go. Because you could get a nasty email. You could get a, uh, you could get a bad text. You could see a, po a post that you posted on Instagram and look and check and see that it only has four likes. And that might do something to your self-esteem. There's all kind of things that come through that device that if that's the first thing you do in the morning, actually impacts your day and how the flow of your day is going to go. So what I do is I start my day in the power of what I want it to be by reading, praying, meditating, and doing the things that put on my armor and set and program my mind and spirit the way I want it to go for the day. And then that shit on that device is secondary. You know what I mean? But that's not, the first, it's not the first fucking thing I'm jumping on. I would never. I used to. I used to do that. But I would never do it again because I learned about that. That's not a good thing to, to be the first thing that you see in your day. It, it just isn't. We're, we're looking for something to do. So, for example, I, I've seen it so many times. They've gone through their social media notifications. Now they're closing down apps. Then they go into their notes and they see what notes they've got, deleting some notes. Then they're reordering apps. They're swiping up to close the things. They go back to their phone. Nothing's changed. And now they literally they are closing down notes. You know, we swipe up. They're closing down apps. To me, mm -hmm. that is telling me that the brain is starving of something to do. 
So right. they've gone for the notifications. Now they're closing down the apps. Then they go back on it. They reorder an app. And then they, it's the brain but desperate for something different, something to do. Like right. when you have to start opening apps and then closing the apps so your brain's got something to do. That is telling you, you need something to do. Have you seen that? Right. right. There's yeah, no notifications left. So they're going into like, they're fucking like, honestly. Yeah. So <laughs> if you did, like I said, if you did what I did and maybe added working out, man, you know how that shit actually, when you comes back to it, seems so little and minute. You know what I mean? It's so small once you do other things. But when that's the first thing that you do in the morning, it just sucks you right back in the pattern, in my opinion, of yesterday and what you were doing all day yesterday, which is checking your cell phone. They, I, I don't know what the stats were, but I saw something online that talked about the amount of time that people spend on their cell phones. And it was like outrageous numbers. Like four or five hours a day or something. And they're awake a for day. like, say, 14 hours. So one third of your day or whatever is looking this close. And it doesn't, you haven't gone anywhere. You've done fuck all. Like, oh, whenever right. I go for a walk, I always leave my phone behind. Right. So I'm forced to just look around and see nature. If your phone's in your pocket, if you get a thought in your head, you'll search it now. But if your phone isn't there, those thoughts won't come in your head. So now yes. you are forced to just appreciate stuff around you. And Christ, you see so much amazing shit when you're looking up and you're not looking down. So much yeah, shit. Even if it's just hearing dogs barking or the birds chirping, it, it all Literally. becomes beautiful. It Literally. becomes beautiful. I mean, it's I see like frogs awesome. on the floor. I see frogs yeah. on the floor and I pick them up and I'm looking at him and I'm like, hello, five minutes. I'm looking at this frog in my hand and I'm stroking its back. You know, he's looking at me as I move him around. I'm like, I've just had a moment with a frog. It felt. <laughs> no, I get it. It's amazing. And like, I that, get it, I'd man. rather, I'd rather pick up a frog and look at him really close to look at my iPhone. No, no joke. I'd rather, I get more pleasure looking at that frog, having a moment, putting him down, saying we're one, I'm part of you, we're nature, enjoy your life. I put him down, he ribbits off back into the, the river. That to me makes my old day as opposed to being on my phone. You know what I mean? Right. People would be like, fucking weird, that's crazy. They won't get it and that's fine. Yeah, and that's, the, that's the, their problem. And, and they're not realizing that they're weird with that. I mean, just... You know, I, I think this shit was actually done on purpose, and whoever created all this shit knew that the human beings would react this way. I really believe this is not just some anomaly, something that just happened. I think when these devices and shit was created, the powers that be, whoever they are, they knew this. it would do this to people. I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm kind of a conspiracy guy anyway, but <laughs> I believe they knew that this would program the people like this and, and, and disconnect us and have the, um, cause people think that we're so connected because, you know, look at us, look where you're at and look where I'm at. We're talking and we're looking at each other and there are great positive positives about it, but it has really destroyed the human connection, man. I have a friend who has a job, who's a, who's a boss at the job, big time boss. And she was telling me that, um, when she interviews, the young kids now coming out of college for jobs, they come in and they got great resumes and great numbers and great degrees and their, their application looks great. But when she gets down to the end of the uh, interview, she asks them a question, one question. And the question is, tell me a little bit about yourself. And she says, all these kids that are 
young adults, not kids, young adults that are fresh out of college with degrees, masters, doctorate, bachelors, whatever, great resumes. When you ask them the one question, tell me a little bit about yourself. She says they're all of a sudden their heads drop and they're and they're all looking around the room like this. No eye contact with the supervisor who's interviewing them anymore. And they're looking down and they're in the and they're looking down going, um, um, well, I grew up um and I went to um this university and they're looking like this. They can't even have contact with the person who's interviewing them and tell look them in the eye and tell them something about themselves. That's where we are. Someone asks you, tell me something about yourself. You can't look someone in the eye and tell them. Ah, because you're too busy doing this and this. Keyboards and the computers and the human connection and relation is so so far gone and disconnected that we don't talk anymore, man. We don't take the time to look each other in the eye and, 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 and sincerely talk about whatever. We just don't. Eye contact is a skill because you, you you need to experience eye contact in order to give eye contact. If you're not used right. to looking at someone in the eye, it's gonna you're gonna feel like intimidated by them because you're not used to eye contact. And I find that because I've got good eye contact because my father had good eye contact, so he always made yeah. me look at it when I was speaking to him. So I'm just used to locking eyes, basically, like two right. fucking balls about to. But I don't look away. Um, people can't handle my eye contact because they're not used to someone so focused on them, engaged right. in them, interested in them for more than bloody five minutes. I'm I I always look at people in the eye, and people can't look at me in the eye. I mean, I don't no. blame them. It's just if they've not had a father figure. To you to look at them then i understand that it's what you're used to but you know people can't look at me in the eye because i've got such good eye contact but that's just what i'm used to but again everyone's going to become autistic because they're not used to human interaction so they're going to be in their heads all the time like an autistic person they can't make eye contact like an autistic person that's what autism is they can't right they're in their heads and then they can't deal with social situations they can't hear noises because they're always indoors all the time fucking playing xbox so and then they go indoors more and then you live indoors you fucking order pizza delivery uber eats bloody delivery you can't even speak to the delivery driver because you've already paid so you just like right. you grab it and you go just literally just grab it shut the door and go they're on the phone cheers shut the door the right. guy's like thank you hello what are you doing like it's like it is it's, it's sad but i've realized that you can only change yourself and by changing yourself others will see that change and take change themselves you can't change others and when people say change the whole world you can't change the whole world you can only change like your five people and then right. they will change their five people and then the whole world changes but it right. doesn't happen overnight and you can't change the whole fucking world uh, no, i have no. to understand that no you can't there's no way in the world you can go outside of yourself and, and yell and preach it down to the people to do this and do that. The best, the best experience I've ever had, like you said, is you have to let them see that change in you. That's the best thing you can do. You know, if you want change, even in a relationship between a man and a woman, if, um, you know, a, a man's always trying to change a woman, seems seems like a woman's always changed a man. You know what I, I would say all the time? What you should do is change yourself. Be the change. Be the change you want to see in the next person. That's the best way you can do it. Because they'll see it. They'll feel it. They'll understand it. They'll live it. And it will help. It will just transfer. It will transfer on them easily. But you can't just be preaching change to someone else. And you ain't changing shit. 
Ain't gonna work. Ain't no. gonna work. Never. People want an excuse not to do it, and they want something the other person's got that they haven't. So be this model of your greatness. People will see how people look at you, how good you feel, how you smile, how people talk to you when you're just in a random place, like they know you, and they'll be like, do you know that person? No. Why is he speaking to you like that? Because I'm speaking to him. Like, And people will see like how you just have this energy. Like, I speak to anyone and everyone, and people are like, do you, do you know that person? No. They're just a human being. Like, They don't need to be a family, relative, fucking friend, neighbour. They're just another person at work. Just like, it really... Yeah. I used to have that same experiences at jobs. I would have um co- it'd be fucking kidding me to court. Um I would have co-workers trip off me because I spoke to supervisors. They're like, "Why are you talking to him?" And I, I would say just what you said. He's he's a person just like we are. I mean, <laughs> he uses a bathroom, he shits, he pisses. If you stab him with a knife, he bleed, he cuts, he gets diarrhea like you and I. I mean, what the fuck? Like he, <laughs> Because he's a man in management or supervisor, what makes you think that you can't speak to them and talk to them? Well, what are you talking about? The Lakers, sports, <laughs> whatever I would talk to you about. He's yeah. a human being. I mean, it's a human being. But they had this concept at work that if you were the employee, you can't speak to your employer. And I'm like, no, they're human just like we are. And they probably want to be spoken to. Yeah. But, pe- yeah, but, pe- but people don't get it. You know that you think they want to come to job, come to a job and be, and everyone knows they're the boss and the management and supervisor. And I, I'm at work now, and I got to be an asshole and I have to be mean. And I know everyone's not going to talk to me. And I don't want to talk to them. You think that's a plan? No, that's a concept that's been made up and what people do, and that becomes the environment. Which I've noticed that those super hard ass uh, supervisors and management positions end up being some of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. They're great. They talk about sports just like us. They talk about everything. They're just in a different position at work. So they have different roles at work. You know what I mean? They may not be able to chop it up and talk a lot to you because they're the suits and you're the workers, but they're human beings just like you and I. They're going home to a family and to a house. They like sports. They like to drink. They like to smoke. They like to fuck. They like their they're human beings. So I, that yeah. concept never, it never, I always thought differently from that. And I saw, I see a lot of employees at work. They're, they're scared. They see the boss. Are, oh, there's so-and-so. They're, oh, there's Danny. There's Mr. And they, they change who they are. And it's like, I mean, do your job. Yes. He's walking. You don't want, he's coming across. You don't want him to see him. You want to want your boss to see you bullshitting. I get that. But you can say hello. <laughs> you can ask yeah. him how he's doing. If you have a human connection with somebody, you'll, you'll all be more productive. Like right. if you, as long as you respect the authority and don't stop taking the piss because now you've had a chat about Lakers, right? If you um chat to that person and you realize that okay, we're two humans, you've now connected. Now it feels different. Now the vibe's different. Now when they walk past, you're less tense. Now you smile. When you smile, you feel good. He says, "Are you okay?" And you are more productive because you don't have that awkwardness anymore. Um, right. As you said, a lot of these people, they were once at a low position like that person and they worked their way up. You, in time, might work your way up and become that position just because they are giving you the orders. As you said, doesn't mean they don't have shit going on at home. They've got a father. They have got the same life that you have, but just in another, just the different things like teachers at school. You think, oh, they're your teacher. I know teachers my age now. And I think back to myself, wow, I thought my teacher had no life. 
And my, my friends are the teachers, they're shagging, they're drinking, they're getting drunk, they're going on holiday, just like I am. But to some students, they are a teacher. And it's like, if they knew that teacher was doing that, they wouldn't be able to understand. But why would you think they're not doing that anyway? They're just like you and me, teacher. You know, it's just another job. It's just how right. you see it. Just different titles. You know what I mean? But same people. And and, and, and that, another thing I talked about with that, uh, I think on a podcast show before, is you got to remember this, too. Uh, I don't know how you guys over there, how you guys act with this, but over here it's really bad. People don't say, when, they, when people meet one another, you know what they say over here? What do you do? Not, who are you? Yeah. Because like, what you do is not necessarily who you are. You yeah, understand exactly. what I'm saying? It's what yeah. you like. Michael Jackson, like people think Michael Jackson or Prince or any kind of basketball player, Kobe Bryant, whoever else, people put what they do as who they are. And that's not necessarily true. You know what I mean? You do this for a living. If I told you I was a mailman, well, being a mailman is just what I, my job. That's what I do for a living. That's not who I am. So out here in California, I noticed people are not very interested in who you are as a person. They're more interested in what you do. Status, how much money you got is that bollocks. Which, which I think is bullshit. Because who gives a fuck what somebody does, really? Because you should be more concerned about who they are. So if I have, I have a daughter, right? And she comes home and brings home a boyfriend and says, I'm in love with him, dad, and I want to marry him. And I, and I go, well, what does he do? She says, well, he's a, law, he's a lawyer or he's an accountant or he's a congressman or whatever. I go, oh, wow, he's got a great job. He's this and that. So now all of a sudden I attach those titles with who he is. But who he is might be a fucking drug addict or an alcoholic, or he might be a woman beater. He might be been had two or three domestic violence cases with his prior relationships because he loves beating women. That has nothing to do with him being an accountant, a lawyer, <laughs> a fucking congressman. See what I mean? So, like, who gives a fuck what somebody does? I want to know who you are because it's, there's a difference in that right there. And people... I seem to skip over that and don't get that concept too well. Like, I don't give a fuck what you do. That's cool. It's okay. That's a good job. That's honorable. You're blessed. That's good. Okay. You're a trash man. You, you, everybody has to be something. There's enough jobs out there for everybody to be. You got to be something. But who, who the fuck are you is what I want to know. That's more important, in my opinion. But yeah. Not so, but not so much for people, though. A lot of people care more about what you do. That's the thing. People will say to me, I noticed how you didn't ask my name. You didn't say what I do. It's because I don't give a fuck. I want a conversation with a human being. I don't care what your name is, what you do, how big your house is. I couldn't give a shit. I want a conversation. And, <laughs> you know, it's the same, same thing. It's about who are you. By speaking, I will know who you are. Your title, how much money you got, doesn't mean jack shit. It right. just means that you get paid a lot more to do... Um, a job that's paid a lot more. It doesn't. It does has no relevance. It doesn't mean no. jack shit. Trust me. There's lots of people with great titles and great jobs that are some of the worst fucking human beings that you'd ever want to. You wouldn't even want to meet them. Mm. And then there you. And then you may see someone with some of the lower end jobs that that are not paid very much and not looked at in society as that great of a job. And they're some of the greatest human beings you'd ever meet. 
They're just lovely, blessed people that you would want in your life. But you would never get to know that because you're judging that person on their salary and how much money they make or their title of their job. So you don't even want that person over your house. You don't want that person dating your daughter. You don't want to have anything to do with that person to have a conversation with them because their job is at the lower level end of, you know, money making wise, uh, salary wise. And you're judging them on that. Well, that may be the exact person, right person for you to meet in your life for whatever reason, many reasons. But you got people who champion and look up to people that have big time titles and make big hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. You think they're great. And you may be meeting the worst motherfucker ever in your life. And you don't know shit. But it's just hidden behind that title and that money. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Let, let's, let's end that here. Quickly plug anything you want to plug. And I'll um, stop it and say goodbye at the end. Okay. Well, I want you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Uh, make sure you guys check out my podcast show, The Shucking and Jiving Show, on with your boy, Son Billy. I'm the host. You can check me out on IG, shucking and, not shucking and jiving, but just shucking jiving, at shucking jiving. And you can also check me out on uh, Facebook, shucking and jiving. And on my YouTube channel, of course, go there. Make sure you guys subscribe to my YouTube channel, comment, check out the videos. We got more content coming every week. And that's shucking and jiving with Son Billy on YouTube. Right, I'm going to press stop and I'll see you.